everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Chatter from the Underground. I'm one of your hosts, Amber, uh, and like last week, we are talking about conspiracy theories that turned out to have some truth behind them. So this week, we will be talking about uh, Cointelpro, uh, and here to introduce that and give you some of the facts is Coolberries. Hey, people, how are we doing? So, I wasn't here last week. I missed the conversation, I wanted, but I listened to it pretty good. Uh, so, mine, which I chose, was COINTELPRO. Uh, so, it's a syllabic abbreviation for the words counterintelligence pro- program. So, C-O-I-N-P-R-O. I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O, so Co-Intel Pro. Um, what it was was a series of covert and illegal projects conducted between 1956 and 1971 by the FBI. The purpose of this Co-Intel Pro was aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, and discrediting and disrupting American political organizations that the FBI perceived to be, quote-unquote, problems. So it was a group put together by the government, you know, to target particular quote unquote political organizations, which nobody believed that that was a real thing. Um, So that's why it became a conspiracy theory. And so those are the things we do know besides the terrible things. We're going to find out what they did. I didn't put it in the thing so I can, uh, you know, get to it in the actual speaking part. So I think that's the factual stuff. Amber, you think we're ready to get into all the stuff, why they thought it was, why it wasn't, and what they did? You ready? Yeah, definitely. This is this is going to be one heck of a rabbit hole. I would yeah. not be surprised if we end up getting a couple of episodes out of this one. Man, this one is very... It has... Lots of tentacles, let's put it like that. Lots of tentacles that goes in a lot of different uh, directions. All right, so let's see. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, so it's like, let's start at the beginning. So this is in, so like I said, it started in in 1956. Less than 20 years before that was when the FBI first became the FBI. Except they suck. They Like back then, the real people who did stuff were sheriffs and uh, like the the old lawmen, you know, like in Texas, like they 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 really ran things. But they wanted to create a federal that covered the whole United States because all these people were just local or whatever. And so they created them, but they had no power. They couldn't even hold, I mean, they couldn't even carry guns. They couldn't arrest people. They couldn't do a lot of stuff because they were so brand new. Nobody trusted them. And so they needed a way to get famous. So I don't know if you ever heard of the, seen the movie. It's called, uh, how was it called? Public Enemies with Johnny Depp. Have you seen that, Amber? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it though. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It's about, John Dillinger and all the bank robbings that went back in the day. It, it was a short two, three year period of time right after uh, the Great Depression, because that's when they started robbing the banks. 
uh, from twenty nine. Definitely got up to a lot of stuff. Yeah, he did, and so it's like they're they used those bank robbers. It was like Pretty Boy Floyd, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, John Dillinger. It was a lot of people, and those are the famous ones. A lot of more that weren't famous, but but those are the famous ones. And the FBI took it upon themselves to stop the crime wave of robbing banks and kidnappings. And man, that's around the time the Lindbergh baby was kidnapped and stuff like that. And so they they needed like a a like something just to grab the national headline and say, hey, we're a real organization. So they started hunting those guys and they got them. And so that's when they became known to America and they started getting more funding for things. And this was Hoover, by the way. He was the head of the FBI. And so at this point, they are an organization, but they didn't have any big things that they could go after at the time. So they were losing funding. So they decided that they were going to target, this is around the time of uh, the war and the civil rights movement. And so they, they decided to target certain political organizations and to turn them into criminals so they can have like an enemy to fight for a while, for like 20 years, they didn't have any enemies to fight. And so they decided to do this. And so that's when they invented COINTELPRO so they can infiltrate organizations. They had spies, all that stuff. So the FBI records show COINTELPRO resources targeted groups and individuals the FBI deemed subversive, including feminist organizations, the Communist Party, anti-Vietnam War organizers, Activists of civil rights and black power movements, such as you know Martin Luther King, Nation of Islam, Black Panther Party, environmentalist and animal rights organization, the American Indian Movement, Chicano and Mexican American groups like the Brown Berets and United Farm Workers, independence movements such as Puerto Rican independence groups and the Puerto Rican Socialist Party, and the last but not least, the surprising one was the Ku Klux Klan and the far-right group, the National States Rights Parties. So you see the kind of groups, Amber, I'm talking about that they decided to put on their radar? I. It looks like every group that was not sanctioned by the government is on this list. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, and, and, every, and all of them were considered, you know, like my... A minority at the time. There was there are feminist groups, which around that time, you know, women were in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant type. So it's like they're, they're like the minority f- feminist groups. Um, civil rights group, anti-Vietnam, communist parties, like all these like Puerto Ricans, Chicano, Mexican-American groups. And that's why I just seem like they just targeted a lot of minority type groups, whether it be race, sex, anything like that. And course the anti-vietnam they hated those guys with a passion and they still hate communists so that's on there but yeah that's what they were targeting it's crazy and so really is and so the conspiracy part comes in where when they started targeting those groups we're about to get into some tactics that they use and like that's what's common in america i mean not in america like like in america tv when you see these tactics used to how they infiltrate stuff so I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, since we're digging into that part, um, something interesting I found is that the acronym itself seems to be a misnomer. So 
The U.S. government defined the term counterintelligence as activities conducted to destroy the effectiveness of foreign intelligence operations. None of those groups are foreign or intelligence operations. Exactly. And that was part of the cover part in the end. And uh, and like I was saying, uh, the reason why it's considered conspiracy, because nobody would believe that the government would sanction a powerful agency to target Americans. Like almost all those people were Americans. It wasn't like, you know, they were a group of, you know, um, like uh, Muslims or a group of Asians or whatever. They were all people born in America, all Americans. They This is the time when people still had a lot of faith and a lot of trust in the government. Well, the yeah. federal government anyway. So I mean, I'll admit it's before I was born, so I don't really know what it was like back then. But from everything I've heard, yeah, it was a time when people really trusted the people running things. Yeah, and they thought that they had their best interests at heart. And so when little stories here and there, because, you know, all these groups would go to the papers and like, hey, these guys are targeting us and they're doing stuff in our neighborhoods, and, but nobody listened to them. It's like, there's no way. You people are paranoid. We're too busy, you know, because this is when the Vietnam War was really hot. Uh, uh, civil rights was, was really hot in the South. But the Vietnam War took precedent over a lot of stuff. I mean, it's one of those things where Muhammad Ali decided he was not going to fight. I mean, that's how pressing it was. And so protests everywhere. So they picked that enemy to fight, but they but they got lucky. The people didn't believe it. So for a long time, they thought that all the stuff that happened to these groups were, were because they were actual criminal terrorist organization. It's because the FBI spent a lot of time painting them in that light, which is easy to do once you have, you know, newspapers behind you and, you know, you can put the word out. You know, a lot of the topics we seem to be hitting on uh, do seem to date back to civil rights. Yeah. Um, like last week yeah. when we were talking about the Tuskegee experiment, that was, again, oh, yeah. just before civil rights. Yeah. And pretty much ended with civil rights. Yeah, that was like a... A turning point, because that was another thing. I mean, then that's just something I know from. It's just that they did so many, like a lot of the stuff they did, the government did. They tested a lot of stuff on minorities, whether it be brown, black people. They they tested a lot of stuff on them, and so it's like once once uh, the civil rights start, you know, and they started speaking up for themselves. That's when things changed, I guess, around there. But a lot of this stuff came to a head during the civil rights movement, and so this is what they used to do. Cointel Pro to infiltrate these places because this is before you know like now in, in TV and movies we see it they have all this stuff that is so common to us because we see it all the time but back then nobody was doing this stuff yet so it says the tactics used by Cointel Pro included but not limited to discrediting targets through psychological warfare smearing individuals and groups using forged documents and by planting false reports in the media harassment wrongful imprisonment, illegal violence, and assassination. So they were doing all this stuff before everybody knows that they were, they were capable of doing all this stuff. And so that's why it was so hard for people to believe that this was a real thing, even though they were telling the papers this is what's happening. Like, there's no way, because none of this stuff was like a common tactic. So there's like, there's no way a government that loves us and wants to see us do great would do this stuff to their own people. So that's where the conspiracy theory part comes in. What COINTELPRO, when they started being questioned, they justified it by claiming that this is for national security, 
preventing violence and maintaining the existing social and political order. That was their official thing when they first started being asked about, well, what do you guys do? Well, so, of course they were maintaining the, po- the current social and political order. They were at the top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. So, like, I always say if somebody's telling you, hey, go use the proper channels, it's probably because they invented those channels and they know they won't work. So it's that kind of thing. I mean, so, maybe. Sometimes those channels are the right thing to go through. But I, I think a lot of that has changed now from back then. There's yes, a lot more uh, double checking and fact checking and a lot of yeah. mistrust has led to things put in place. But, but, but I think it's a lot, it was a lot easier back then when you only had a few outlets to control what people knew were, were to be the truth type things. As opposed to now, everybody has a YouTube channel, everybody has a podcast, but they're not as good as this podcast, but everybody has one. So I mean, it's hard to be as good as us. Yeah, it's really hard. We try. So this is what FBI records show. Uh, FBI records show COINTELPRO resources targeted groups and individuals to FBI dean. Uh, wait, hold on. I already read that part. Let's see. I, you know, right. one so of the, the individuals they targeted that really surprises me is Martin Luther King. And we will definitely get into him. He was like the whole catalyst so it was going on for a while. They got to him and it just took off after that. So he's a very important subject in this. So, uh, but the most egregious thing that they did that's on record was um, uh, there was a the Black Panther Party. So I don't assume everybody knows who that was, but it was a 100% Black Power type group where they got tired of being held down. So they decided that they were going to form this group. And this is in the 1960s. So the guy who started it, his name was Fred Hammond, and he was like 21 years old. And what they painted back then, what they painted the Black Panther Party to be was a radical group that they were black and they just hated all white people. They wanted to kill all the white people and take over. When in reality, what they really were was just a really a civil rights group. They wanted to see, and they really didn't target just black people. They wanted to see poor people, really. People who are, you know, who don't, who are considered the minority or the destitute. And they wanted to help them see that they have power, that they could vote, that they had rights, they can carry guns and all that stuff. So that's what they were doing. They were going to neighborhoods, like they were so effective. They were getting white supremacy groups. They were getting the Mexican gangs. Everybody was working together as one to 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 do it, but at the time they felt that was a problem because um, because of all the you know the, that was the culture of America back then. So that's why they targeted that group because they were creating a problem that they didn't like, and so that's why they were like one of the first ones that they really the big people that they targeted, and they infiltrated this group. In fact, there's a very good movie out about this. It's called uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And it's all about them, how they infiltrated, they plant, planted spies in the group, and they had the media, of course, paint them as, you know, terrorists that will kill you in an instant and always, you know, using them as a scapegoat for a lot of stuff. Any kind of violence go off, they tried to tie their name to it, even though they had nothing to do with it. And so they actually sent spies in there, you know, arrested people, told them they get 20 years in jail if they don't 
go in there and give us all the information you can, stuff like that. And like I said earlier, all this stuff is like brand new tactics. Nobody had ever tried this stuff before. So, so it's, it's common for us to notice now, but back then it was all brand new. And so one of the, their biggest spies, he got really close, was like almost his right-hand man. He cooked him a meal. His name is Fred Hammond. Uh, was a, was a was a leader of the Black Panther Party. This guy, he cooked him a meal, made him uh, drowsy, and they conducted a raid on their apartment. And not a single Black Panther shot at the police, but they fired like six hundred bullets into the room, and they ended up assassinating Fred Hammond. And so, like that was the type of stuff they did. They found people who they thought were going to cause problems, and they infiltrated them. And they caused dissension, putting spies in, and where and that was the worst case where they straight up assassinated somebody. Other things were um, they would just arrest you for for anything, something simple, keep you in jail for months, things like that. So I don't know what you think about that. I mean, it makes you wonder how people can trust the government now after all of that's happened. Yeah, that was when a lot. Well, I mean, because they were always kind of bad in favor of people who could put him in office, but. Yeah, it's just you keep finding out more stuff like this that gets, you know, um, that used to be considered top secret or whatever. And now they're released to the public. And you're like, man, it's too late now. That was 40 years ago. You should have released this back then when maybe it could help, you know, things like that. And but, how many of these people died that were just trying to make the world a better place? Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, you just never know. So the FBI basically were told. Do what you just do, whatever it takes to keep the targets in check. And so that is so COINTELPRO considered neutralizing somebody by, like I said, either assassinating them, they imprison people falsely, like they'll publicly humiliate you. Like they've, if somehow back then you were, you know, it was really bad to be gay in America at that time. So if you're gay, they'd out you for being gay, or if you slept with prostitutes or whatever, they'll publicly humiliate you falsely charged with crimes, perjury, witness harassment, witness intimidation, and withholding of exculpatory evidence. That's all the stuff that they did back then when they brought it to the forefront. It was probably going on before that, but that's when it really started being in the news. I mean, like I said, yeah. Yeah. It makes you think of, how you know, learning all of this stuff in history class growing up. It makes me wonder how many of those events were impacted by this that we never knew about like take harvey milk for example it was the late 60s early 70s when he was outed yeah you know and that eventually ended up getting him killed like how many other people did that happen to and it was so much harder to get i mean so much easier to get away with that stuff back then because nobody would believe that they would do that like now you say that to the random person on the street and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I can see them doing that, you know, here in 2024. But back then they still loved the government. They still thought that they're on their side. So it makes it easy to get away with this type of stuff. I mean, these days you say something happened and everybody's just like automatically, oh, the government's behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because of stuff like this. Yeah. It's, it's not like they didn't do anything to help earn that, that reputation. Let's see what else we're talking about. Also, um, the next biggest one was, like you said, you were shocked to learn about Martin Luther King. The Black Panther was one that started it, but they killed the the leader of that. His name is Fred Hampton. So they after after they kind of neutralized the Black Panther Party, they turned their sights on Martin Luther King, and they said no 
no other person in the whole history of COINTELPRO drew the ire of anybody as Hoover as Martin Luther King. Uh, Hoover absolutely hated Martin Luther King. And they literally sent a letter to Martin Luther King um, telling him, urging him, imploring him to commit suicide when they made him a major target because under Martin Luther King, unity and solidarity among minorities was a huge problem for them. They didn't want unity, just like Fred Hampton tried to do that. They didn't want that either. No, that's why. So they assassinated him. Yeah. And it's another good movie on Netflix. It's called Trial of the Chicago 7. It's going on around the same time. They even have a little part about uh, Fred Hampton getting murdered in there because the other leader of, like, so it was two leaders. Um, one, one name was Bobby Seale, and then it was Fred Hampton. Bobby Seale was on trial in this movie in Chicago, uh, Trial of Chicago 7, when Fred Hampton got murdered. And so it ties into all this at the same time. Plus, this movie is specifically about uh, anti-war people. So that's how COINTELPRO is tied into that as well. They showed the, the assassination of Fred Hampton in there, and then they showed how um, the government really started targeting you know, the hippie movement and the, the, the anti-war crowd. And painting them as criminals and things like that, so that's so that's where they really start blowing up to where they can. Like I said before, they lost all interest when it came to the the bank robbers after they caught all those guys. Nothing was getting them funding or anything like that, so they needed to invent this monster, and so that's what they did with this. So they started getting uh, the craziest part to me that I read was they actually started a program. And it was all in the memos. They and they literally called it Black Hate, and they focused on nonviolent groups that were trying to help the community. And that's where I said about Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers really trying to help the community. You know, like these people trying to feed them and re- teach them how to read their basic rights. And they established what's called the Ghetto Informant Program, and that's how they got that guy in there to kill Fred Hampton. They would get people who they knew, arrest them, tell them again all these years, and then put them in there. And so. They painted all these groups as, you know, militants. And so that is the part that just drives me insane, that for years and years and years, people would think these groups were all, you know, terrorist groups and hate groups and all that. But that's just how they control the the media and, and the outcome of what they wanted you to know until stuff like this comes out. It's still going on today. It I definitely is. Yeah. I I do have to wonder on the flip side, though, with the way media has gone Especially with Netflix and documentaries these days, um, like how many movies are there about Malcolm X these days, stuff like that. How many of the facts are now being obscured in the opposite direction? That's right. Will we so, ever really know the full truth about what happened? I doubt it. But compared to 10, 15 years ago, we got a lot more info that came out. It's but, a lot harder to stop the spread of information these days than it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm telling you, not everybody has a way to say it. Like you, They would know that if somebody heard something in 1962, they could squash it pretty quickly. Here, if it gets out, it's a tweet, and it's gone. That's it. Everybody's going to find out in a little bit. Yeah, it's a tweet, or it's a YouTube video, or it's on TikTok, or you know, exactly. on one of our podcasts. It can literally be around the world in five minutes. That was if that. virtually... Yeah, and and that was virtually unheard of back then. So if they didn't want something getting out, it was a lot easier for not to get out. So so let's talk about 
how I'm sorry, you gonna say something? I not just agreeing. I mean, back then the all they had was word of mouth, phone calls, and letters. I mean, yeah. it's really easy to hide that stuff. Yeah. And who's yeah. gonna believe half of it anyway? Exactly. Because they weren't known for this stuff yet. So nobody ever heard of any government facility doing this. So in nineteen seventy one was when it ended. So despite its small scale, like this department only constituted 0.2% of the FBI's overall workload. So it wasn't like this was all over the country. They really targeted groups and they only had a small part of actual FBI resources that they were using or that they made up. But during its 15-year time frame... 15 years is not a lot of time to make stuff happen, but... Yeah, they made a they, lot happen. A lot happened in that short time frame. But near the end was when they started getting justified criticism from both Congress and the American public for infringement on First American rights. What they used to, I mean, they would they would do so many shady stuff. Like they're the one that first started doing like anonymous phone calls, calling, cussing them out, hanging up. They started that. The 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 tactic of using IRS audits to attack people. They they made that up. But by by this time, they start they just like started going too far all the time. And so people started realizing, like, man, maybe they maybe are doing this type of stuff. So a few more people started asking questions. But everything came to light when it's a place called uh Citizens Commission to Investigate the FBI. That was the name of their group. And they uh broke in they actually committed a crime and broke into the fbi and stole all the files they had well not all of them they stole a bunch of files on this group because that's when people were still dumb enough to keep paper files of all their wrongdoings because they didn't they would never think somebody would do this so they had all the files of their wrongdoings everything they did they wrote it up kept it in files well they thought they uh, were right exactly so they thought they're actually doing a good thing and the quirky part of the story is I don't know if everybody's famous with the famous boxing match, Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, it was uh, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Was it George Foreman? No, not Yeah, I think it was George Foreman. The Rumble in the Jungle. It was a huge boxing match. And they used that fight because like this is back when it's only one channel, two channels maybe. So everybody watched stuff. So when this fight came on, everybody was watching it. And they used that fight to mask when they broke into the FBI because they knew everybody would be out. Another crazy part is that when they turned it into newspapers, you, you'd think they'd be like, oh, this is huge news. Almost every newspaper refused to publish the information. <laughs> Chalking it up to wild conspiracy theories. I mean, not just that, but I house. imagine they didn't believe any of it. <laughs> And I'm like, that's how crazy it was. They brought them official-looking FBI files, and no, and they didn't even decide to investigate. They was like, there's no way they would do that. And it's like saying right now, arrest the president because he personally shot somebody in the head. It's like, no, he didn't. He don't, yeah, all those. It's like, there's no way we would believe that right now. We can't even get a president arrested when we know he did something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, but... Thank goodness there are still common sense people. Only one newspaper um, posted stuff, and it was the Washington Post. That that was before Jeff Bezos bought it. 
Oh, they were the only ones. A long time before that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess they still had integrity back then. But they were the only ones who published them on the front page after confirming that they were legitimate. In fact, the attorney general wrote them and said, don't, don't write this story. They still did it. And so from there, that was like when the floodgates opened. Like I if mean, somebody, if the government they, they tells me not to publish a story about them, it's just going to make me want to publish it more. Exactly. So, yeah. And so that that's what opened the floodgates. And then more people started asking questions. And then it just seemed that a lot of prominent people who were against the government started dying all of a sudden. Like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, other, other I mean, they were just dying left and right. And so a lot of stuff. And then, of course, um, TV cameras and covering stuff with the news started becoming more popular because it started in 1956, got up to 1971. So it's kind of like this generation now. A lot more stuff is caught on camera because there's so many phones. So that was the the equivalent back then when now they had you know more TV stations and 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 such like that. To where now more people can get information that they couldn't before. That's when it all broke out and more stuff came out. And then finally, like at this time in age, it's it's a very well known that they did all the stuff that they thought was a conspiracy theory back then. So it all came out to be true, the atrocities they did. And it's actually I mean, I mean it's 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 plenty more. The then the different stuff they did to different people, but I just hit the highlighted ones. The Black Panther Party was the one that kicked them off, and Martin Luther King is what kicked them into the stratosphere. But it was a lot of smaller groups, like I said, that I listed. The anti-Vietnam one that's in that movie, Trial of Chicago 7, they made several things about that. But they hated anti-war people. That was one of the ones that they just decided they needed to go. Well, yeah, war makes money. War is definitely big money. Well, let me rephrase that. War makes money for governments. Or does not yeah. make money for people. <laughs> not for me. I have yet to see my war check. Same here. They need to do something about that. So I tried to keep it a short version, and then we can dig into some more. I want to give it the, you know, just a good, fresh overview and the hit the high points, and maybe we can dig into it more after I find some more. Because there are conspiracy theories inside conspiracy theories in this one, and that's what made it so intricate. Yeah, so I'm, there's, I'm looking, there's yeah. so much here. And this is like the the first time, you know, now almost every government is known to be corrupt all over the world now. So it's it's just that it just started to come out more. I don't know if it's that people had more integrity before or that people just believed people more. And you know what I think? I really think that when stuff starts out, they really do try to do a good thing. Like I watched the uh, Facebook movie. Um, and the way they portrayed Mark Zuckerberg when he first started was somebody who really cared about connecting people. He really wanted friends to know what friends were doing, and he really wanted to create a social network, but then it just turned into something else. I think that's how, what the government started out to be, a place that would re- really for the people and really want to see everybody get ahead, and then it just changed and it just blew up and changed into something different. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You have to wonder how different the world would be if some of this had never happened. Like, don't get me oh, wrong. Man. Some of the stuff they did, I support 100%. Getting rid of groups like the Ku Klux Klan definitely needed to happen. 
it's you know i'm i'm all for someone like martin luther king who staged peaceful protest but you know, groups that like lynched people on their front lawns or burned them or you know caused actual harm to people just because they don't like what you look like to have stop put to it. not that they succeeded by any means um but there's definitely better ways that they could have gone about this 100 percent. like back then you know um like how they have the q ratings of famous people back um compared uh-huh. and they have like um Martin Luther King's Q rating was worse than Osama bin Laden's. You can believe that. That is crazy. I mean. At at the time he was doing this, he was the most hated man in America. Don't get me wrong. I I know he wasn't perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect man. Well, to be fair, I also wasn't. He was far from perfect. He was was far from perfect. They have him on um, tape having affairs, sex with other women, you know, cussing and stuff on the phone as a. As a uh, and 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 that's not well known, but it's known. People just don't like to say it because he's a national hero, you know, because everybody has their faults. Yeah. But they have all kind of stuff on him, and that's where that suicide letter came in. That's where you know Hoover had a, a hard on for him. Was like, I don't like this guy. He's unnatural and blah blah blah. And then other people didn't like him because he was bringing people together, so they had to get him. So they tapped. This is like the early. Point. Everybody talked on the phone because nobody even knew what a tap was that they could listen on the phone. And so they would tap the phones and they have him saying all kind of crazy stuff. And that's one of the tactics they would use that to try to humiliate you. But they told him and he's like, nope, I'm not stopping. So he kept going. So that's when it progressed into other stuff. That's one of the other conspiracy theories. You can spend another whole show on Martin Luther King assassination. Oh, yeah. No, I think... I mean, you've got the King assassination, you've got the Kennedy assassination. I suspect we're going to go into those uh, the next time we sit down and chat, because later in this series, we're going to dive into MKUltra. And part of the MKUltra program was trained assassins or brainwashed assassins. That's a whole nother, yeah. That's a whole, oh, you're going down a dark path. You're going down a dark path. (laughs) I mean, we're already pretty far down a dark path. Um, some of, some of what I'm seeing in here is just crazy. This is a very crucial part in the government seizing control of a lot of stuff they didn't have control over before. Um, It looks like a specific part of the program was actually named COINTELPRO Black Hate. Yeah, that that, that was one of the programs they had. That was, it was called Black, Black Hate. Um, and that that was when they started focusing on the groups that were actually helping and bring a, a lot of people think the government unifies people. The government does not unify people. They're trained to separate everybody. And that's why they have Democrat, Republicans, whatever. And so Yeah. When and so when they start seeing groups bringing people together, that's something that they don't want. They want you to stay apart. Unity will destroy any group, big group against a group, the most unified group usually will win. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this paragraph on Black Hate and the the groups that it was specifically targeting, uh, MLK, of course, uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, uh, Revolutionary Action Movement, Deacons for Defense and Justice, Congress of Racial Equality, Nation of Islam. Uh, to be fair, Nation of Islam was not a peaceful organization. No, 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 they weren't, and 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 that's why. They they 
when they blew up, and that's another whole tentacle of this. Martin Luther, uh, not, not Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, the Malcolm leader X. of it. Yeah, he went, he went, oh, like he started it, and they started off as something that was we're radical. We're gonna fight back. We're gonna do this. So they were more of a fight back group. They didn't start stuff, but they instead of just taking it and going to jail and getting a lawyer, they were going to fight back. So that was that. That that was something that they were uh, going for. So you're right. They weren't necessarily peaceful, but they weren't like instigators. But then they started becoming painted as as instigators in the same way they painted the Black Panther group as the same way. And that Martin Luther King, he was a troublemaker. And so that was one of the tactics that they used to use. Now, I could have my facts wrong here, but wasn't Bobby Seale, who we mentioned earlier, one of the people who was accused of the assassination of Malcolm X or that, being that is that is a that yeah that that's another conspiracy theory going off of that nothing nothing's been confirmed on that i but. i have to imagine that this cointel pro probably instigated part of that to tear these groups even further apart and that's exactly what they did with a lot of the groups they'll bring people in and cause division within the groups to where they branch off and be that's how different gangs get started. But so in 1968, it looks like there was a memo sent out to the program um, that stated, word for word, it was to prevent the coalition of militant black nationalist groups in order to prevent the rise of a messiah who could unify the militant black nationalist movement. That phrasing is just insane. And that is that movie I was telling you about earlier. It's uh, it's on, I believe it's it's on Netflix too, but it's called Judas and the Black Messiah, and that's why they named it that because it, they literally wanted to stop black people from having somebody who they can point to as a quote unquote messiah, and and that was the words that they used. And so that's why the movie's called Judas and the Black Messiah because they sent someone who was supposed to have been one of their friends. They arrested him. He was in jail, and they sent him back in to spy. So he was the Judas. And they were trying to pump uh, Fred Hampton up to be one of the black messiahs that they couldn't have, which is like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. So that's the story behind that. Oh, wow. It looks like there is actually a book behind the movie, too. Um, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For read rather than watch something. So I might, I might give that a read. Yeah, it's actually very, very interesting. That's what they decided to do. Anytime somebody popped up, that was somebody that could lead them to, you know, kind of like how big business hates unions right now. Yeah. The the worst the worst thing that a big business they 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 don't want them to be on the same page. They don't want them to be unified. They want to keep them separate as much as possible. And that's what they were doing. Anybody that started unifying the people for a common cause. For, you know, just even good stuff. Like, all they wanted was, hey, I just want to go to a good school. I just want to be able to vote. I just want to be able to do this. And so that's the stuff that they were fighting for. And even th even that, I mean, that they didn't like, it yeah. was a good thing. There was, with the whole civil rights movement and the end of segregation, you know, there's, there's people who had never gone to school before or never gone to a decent school um, that were suddenly finding themselves with the opportunity. You know? So... And, so and then it was sense. to, yeah, and it was but, to the time where 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 powerful people you would still think believe the government that, would want to support it rather than 
shut it down. The more your people know, the better your country is going to function. And what's crazy is the people who are in charge don't believe that. They believe that the less people know and the more we are in charge, the better our country will be. And there are a lot of people in charge who actually believe that. I mean, obviously, there still are. Just look at the government we've had for the last decade or so. You know, there's obviously still people who believe that uh, people who follow blindly are going to lead to a more effective government. Uh, it's just the more stuff comes out, the more you're like, man, government sucks sometimes. I guess the more it comes out, the more you know. Yeah, so no, think... there's there is just so much here. And I want to dive into it all. And it's so hard not to keep branching mm -hmm. off into this, that, or the other thing. <laughs> yeah. As I was telling you, like, just from the one conspiracy, is COINTELPRO real? It's not real. Our government wouldn't do that. To the different branch te tentacles it goes. And then each tentacle has its own one to two conspiracy theories in that. And so it's like, this is just the, 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 the top, you know, the eye on top of the Illuminati triangle. This is just the top part yeah. of it. And for anybody who is listening who isn't sure if COINTELPRO was real or not, um, if you go to FBI.gov, they actually have the declassified file available for you to read. And that's why it just became recently known that uh, about Martin Luther King and all the, the recordings of him with women and stuff like that in the last 10, 10, 15 years or so. I mean, we all know there's no such thing as a perfect human, uh, not even a pastor. Some people are just better at hiding it than other people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to wonder, you know, what's the lesser of evils here? Yeah, he cheated exactly. on his wife pretty consistently. To our knowledge, I don't think he ever killed anybody or seriously injured anybody. And that shouldn't deflect from the... And, and even though he did, it shouldn't deflect from what he was talking about as far as... So you mean to tell me because he cheated on his wife, black people shouldn't have any rights? Is that what you're saying? Like, we, we have to go opposite of what he says because he, do, he did do something like that? You know... Because they do this one thing doesn't mean that it invalidates everything. If if we're going to play it that way, we need to go back before the Civil War. Exactly. Yeah, there's, we have not had a single president who was perfect. You know, most of them were adulterers or drunks. Even the most popular ones had, had terrible, oh man, terrible indiscretions. Yeah. And the ones who didn't were involved in wars. <laughs> yeah. They, they were too busy to do anything else. <laughs> I mean, just look at Kennedy. He is probably one of the best presidents we've ever had, at least from what we're taught growing up. But at the same time, how many people did he sleep with? Like, Man, him, almost literally in front of a camera. <laughs> that's an old so. joke um, Dave Chappelle had about when she was singing uh, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> And he was looking at uh, Marilyn Monroe like, he's looking at her like, man, my family's here. What's wrong with you? Why are you? And his like, wife knew. They always yeah, know. Yeah, his wife knew. They always know. It's like right in front of him. You probably did a bunch of stuff in front of him. He's the president. No one's going to snitch. They always knew, but that's crazy. Oh, see. There we go on a tangent again, all the way there. I, but is it? Because it's all kind of connected. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, tangent as in it's another tentacle. I mean, it's like another, it leads into all that. I'm telling you, this is a very important part in the FBI and government overreach when it comes to quote unquote national security. If they, this is to protect the nation. This is when it blew up at this point, like where it, it went exponentially. Just because as early as 1930 was when they were nobodies. And now look at what we're dealing with. And I mean, even though COINTELPRO technically ended in April of 1971, it just continued on under the different names. Yep, uh, different there names. was Watergate almost immediately after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in the two years of the Watergate scandal, there were over 500 bugs planted without warrants, over 2,000 pieces of mail opened. And that's just during those two years. How much has been done since then that we don't know about or will never know about? And after that break-in at the office, they became a lot smarter about what they put in the files. Yeah. Like redact, like redacted now is a thing. It didn't used to be a thing back then like that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff that there is no written proof of. And I mean, another tentacle here is, you know, yeah, we're talking years later, but just look at Ruby Ridge and Waco. That's just a possibly another branch of this same thing. That's true. That is just, they really got their plan for how they were going to take over. And they executed it perfectly because they got super powerful after this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still processing and skimming information while we're talking. And yeah. I'm telling you, you, you could talk about the ten, the, what I call them, the tentacles. For hours. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Like, I I don't doubt that we will be calling back to this specific episode many, many times over the coming years. I bet. A lot of stuff ties into it, especially when you start getting into politics, conspiracy theories, politics. I think we can leave it there. I think we're good. I That is the very, very high level. So. For our listeners out there, we want to hear what you think about this. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions. You can reach us at chatterfromtheunderground at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That being said, this has been Cool Breeze and Amber talking about Pro, And this was Chatter from the Underground. See you next week.